0: Good morning, Lamb of God family. I'm Ryan Craig. I'm the ministry director here at Lamb of God Fellowship. I'm very excited to have you joining us today here online on Facebook, YouTube, or wherever else you may be joining us over the internet. It's great to see you. All this month, we were talking about gratitude and being thankful for the things that we have and what God has done in our lives. And today, I'd like to continue that message. And I actually want to talk about the opposite of gratitude. You see, I work with kids and I work with youth and they tend to complain quite a bit. You might be on a long car ride and your kids say things like, are we there yet? Or John's touching me. Or they might complain about what we're having for dinner. Complaining is something that we might define how a lot of kids act. They complain a lot. But I've been thinking about this a lot lately. And it's something that I've been working on in my own life. We complain as adults, too. We complain all the time. And you know what? I'm here to tell you that this isn't a modern problem. This is something that we've seen throughout the Bible quite a bit. And today, I'd like to tell you a couple of stories about people in the Bible who complained. You're probably sitting at home and you're saying to me, Ryan, I don't complain, but I think you probably do as a matter of fact. I could probably log on to your Amazon account and find different complaints that you've made for the whole world to see. Speaking of Amazon, I'd like to share with you some of my favorite negative Amazon reviews. Now, this first one is a book called Where Is Baby's Belly Button? And the review is titled as such. It's one star. Do not buy this book. You can see the ending right on the cover. This book is completely misleading. The entire plot revolves around finding Baby's Belly Button. The title makes this much clear from the beginning. However, there is no mystery. There is no twist. Baby's Belly Button is right where it's supposed to be, on Baby's stomach, right where it clearly shows you on the cover of the book. Now, this next review is about a giant beach ball. And as you can see in the picture, this ball is taller than a grown man. This got two stars, so a little bit better than the book. And it is titled, A Fun Way to Ruin a Weekend and Blow 100 Bucks. We took this ball to the beach. And after close to two hours to pump it up, we pushed it around for 10 fun-filled minutes. That was when the wind picked it up and sent it huddling down the beach at about 40 knots destroyed everything in its path. Children screamed in terror at the giant inflatable monster that crushed their sandcastles. Grown men were knocked down trying to save their families. The faster we chased it, the faster it rolled. It was like it was mocking us. Eventually, we had to stop running after it because its path of injury and destruction was going to cost us a fortune in legal fees. Rumor has it that it can still be seen stalking innocent families on the Florida panhandle. We lost it in South Carolina, so there is something to be said about its durability. And this final Amazon review is for a UFO detector. It got one star and it's titled, One Star is Too Much for This Product. I don't know if this is a scam or if mine was broken, but it doesn't work. And I'm still getting abducted by UFOs on a regular basis. As we can see in those reviews, we are experts with complaining. We'll find the silliest little details and we will nitpick at anything. But in the Old Testament, we read about the Israelites and their escape from Egypt. They had been in slavery for 430 years under the rule of Pharaoh. And they finally got away. And God had promised to take them to the promised land. This was a land full of prosperity. It was flowing with milk and honey. They were on their way and it was only going to take them two weeks. However, it ended up taking 40 years. So why did it take 40 years? Well, they had a problem with complaining. And I'm going to list some of these complaints here. And if you check out the notes on our app, you're going to, need to see scripture references for all of these complaints. They complained that Moses talked about the promised land too much while they were still in slavery. And that made Pharaoh more difficult on them. They complained about their food and their water. They complained that the water was too bitter. They complained about Moses' leadership and the things that he did. And they were constantly complaining. And they complained so much that God began to punish them. God made things really hard for them and he kept them in the desert for 40 years. And eventually... God sent out a bunch of snakes into their camp, and the snakes began to bite people and poison people. And there was only one way to resolve this. God commanded Moses to make a bronze serpent and put it up on a bronze pole. And this pole, as you can see in this picture, kind of looked like a cross. They then looked at this serpent and stared at this serpent, and anybody who had been poisoned was healed. When we start to complain about our difficult situations, our jobs, our families, our relationships, the people around us, there is a different pole. There is a different cross that we need to look at. We all know the scripture, John 3:16, but the two verses before that say this, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. When life is hard, when when we want to complain, and when we are making things more difficult on ourselves, there is only one thing that can turn it all around. And that is the cross. And that is Jesus, the sacrifice he made for us. And when we put our eyes on him, everything changes. Our whole outlook changes. We begin to feel that joy and that peace. The Bible gives us another example of somebody who had been through some difficult things. But this person didn't respond as the Israelites did. This person responded with joy in a situation that would make all of ours look pretty small. I'm talking about Paul. You see, Paul and Silas were out preaching. And there was a woman who had been possessed by a spirit. And this spirit could predict the future. As Paul was preaching, the woman kept interrupting. And Paul finally got frustrated and he cast the demon out of the woman. He was then arrested because he lost money for the slave owners. And he was beaten. And him and Silas, they were put in jail. This jail probably wasn't like modern jails. It was filthy. It was wet and damp and cold. There was rats everywhere. And they were chained up and they had been beat up. Most of us in this situation, we'd want to complain. We would say, hey, can't we get a nice bed in this place? And where is the toilet? And I want something better than some moldy bread and some dirty water to eat. But Paul and Silas, they didn't complain. The Bible actually says they began to sing hymns and they began to worship. And when they did that, the ground began to shake and the doors flew open and they actually had an opportunity after this to go and share the gospel with the jailer and his family and they were saved. While Paul was in prison going through all of this, he wrote a letter to Philippi. He wrote the book of Philippians. And Paul writes in Philippians 2:14 through 16, "Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure." So here's Paul sitting in this disgusting prison And he's commanding us not to complain or to grumble. Whenever I'm talking with your children and I'm teaching them a new subject, I like to relate it to the teachings of Jesus. I want them to hear what Jesus has to say about any given situation. Jesus, he dealt with complaining quite a bit. People were always coming to him with their complaints. And he always reacted by correcting them. I'm going to give you a couple of my favorite examples of complaints that Jesus received and how he responded to those complaints. There was a man who complained about his inheritance and he wanted his brother to split it more fairly with him. And he cried out to Jesus and asked him to command his brother to do just that. I love this because we have a tendency to complain about people who have it better than us or how our lot isn't fair in life and we're not getting as much as the next guy for the amount of work we're doing. And Jesus, he corrected this man and he taught this man not to complain about this situation. I actually love what Jesus said to the man. He said, man, who appointed me as a judge or an arbiter in this situation? I also love the story about Mary and Martha and Jesus coming to visit them in their home. Mary was running around and she was doing the thing that a lot of us do when we have company over. She was cleaning, making sure everything was perfect and ready. And here was Martha sitting at Jesus' feet and just listening to him talk. And Mary complained to Jesus about Martha and how Martha wasn't helping and there was so much to be done. And Jesus corrected Mary in this situation. He said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better. I'm sure none of you have sat at work and complained about the amount of work somebody else was doing. You thought you were carrying more weight or doing more in that project. And some of us, we've been through school and college, and we've we've complained about the other student who just seemed to walk into the group and sit there while you did all of the work, and you made the PowerPoint, and you've got a great grade. And this guy, he just got a free A for sitting there and doing nothing. Again and again, people came to Jesus with complaints, and every time he taught them a better way of thinking. We all have things that we complain about. We complain about each other. We complain about our kids and our spouses and our jobs and our financial situations. We, we complain about our boss and we complain about politicians. We complain a whole lot. But today I, I want to talk about something specific. I want to talk about how we handle complaints as it pertains to other people. Many of you have heard me teach this many times if you've watched my videos that we have with the kids ministry. In the book of Matthew, verse 22, 36 through 40, we have a man who comes to Jesus and he asks him what the most important commandment is. And Jesus says that it is this, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind and all your soul, but also this, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. You see, Jesus commanded us to to love God. And he commanded us to love your neighbor. And there's a third thing in there. He commanded us to love ourselves. You see, if we don't love ourselves, how are we going to love our neighbor? So if you find yourself complaining about another person, you need to look at yourself. Do you love yourself? Do you realize who you are? You're a child of God. He's invited you to his table. He wants you. He loves you and he cares about you. And I I know that you've messed up. I know that you've sinned. I know that bad things have happened to you and that you're broken and you're hurt. But that's okay because Jesus did something amazing. Jesus came to this earth and he lived a perfect life. He never sinned. He never did anything wrong. And he allowed himself to be captured and he laid down his life And he took your punishment. The Bible says that the punishment for your sin is death. And Jesus took that punishment upon himself. And in that moment when he was hanging on that cross, he thought of you. And he took upon all of your pain and your sin and your shame. And he defeated it. He gave up his life. And three days later, he came back. Moses and the Israelites had to look upon that pole, that cross with the bronze snake. But all we have to do is look upon Jesus on his cross. The sacrifice he made for us, it eliminates all sin and it eliminates all hatred and all negativity. We have to work on it every day, yes. And you're going to find yourself still wanting to say negative things about other people or about yourself or to complain about your situation. Paul also wrote in Philippians 4.8, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And I'm telling you, something that is excellent, someone who is worthy of praise is Jesus and what he did for you. If you think about these things, then your life is going to be transformed. Everything is going to be so much better. Finally, I wanna address a couple of things that have to do with a lot of our lives, particularly right now. We complain a lot about authority, and I've had to correct this in my own heart in the past couple of months. Nobody's going to deny in the past several years that politics has become a very negative place. And we tend to complain about those who are in charge. And I'm not talking about a particular party. And if, and if through this you think I'm talking about you, then you might need to do some thinking here. And if while I'm talking about this, you think I'm talking about the other party, you need to realize I'm also talking about your party. We've seen on the news and social media, people complain about Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton or President Trump or President Bush, Joe Biden, all of these people, we've seen a lot of negative things said about them. And I'm not saying that you can't disagree with those people. And I'm not saying that you can't speak out against the things that might not drive with what you believe. I actually think it's important to stand up for what you believe in. I think it's important for you to vote for your morals. However, we cross a line very often, Republican and Democrat, We complain about those who are in charge. We complain about our governor, whether it's our previous governor or our current. But the Bible is clear how we need to treat those in authority. We need to treat them with respect. And we need to love them and pray for them. So I've I've made it a practice in my own mind over the past several years that people who are in authority, I want to think good thoughts about them. I still disagree with policies that they have. I still disagree with the way they conduct themselves sometimes. But I find myself having a lot more joy and peace in my own life and complaining a whole lot less when I'm intentional about choosing positive things about these people. Because here's the thing. Jesus didn't just die for us. He died for them too. And Jesus just doesn't love somebody who's a Christian, but he loves everyone. First Timothy chapter two, verses one through four says, first of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may need a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved. I'm going to say that again, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. We need to be praying for our leaders. We just don't need to be praying for them, but we need to be loving our leaders. So every day I wake up and I remind myself to pray for President Trump. I remind myself to pray for Joe Biden. I remind myself to pray for Governor Whitmer. I remind myself to pray for all of these people. And even though I may disagree with them, I still want to think positive thoughts about them because Jesus loves them. And I want to have that same love that Jesus has. But something else I've been thinking about. We sometimes confine ourselves, particularly to our spouses, complaining about our children. And this is something very near and dear to me as a children's minister. Children are difficult, believe me. I know. I know your kids. And they can be a little bit crazy sometimes, but I love it. Kids are wonderful and they are pure and they're amazing. And we have to remember that sometimes they just don't realize what they are doing. They're still learning. They don't have the knowledge and wisdom that we have. And the Bible actually is very clear with how we need to think about and treat our children. Ephesians 5, 6 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And the instruction of the Lord isn't to complain. We've already established that, but it's to love. Here's here's one. Uh, This is is one I'm sure none of us husbands ever do. Um, We we need to make sure we're not complaining about our spouse. I never complain about my wife. Okay, maybe I have complained about her in the past. And I'm sorry, honey. But we need to not complain about our spouses. I've actually heard some of you do this before, and I'm guilty of it too. But the Bible says a whole lot about how we need to treat our husbands and our wives. It says, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without word by the conduct of their wives. And it goes on later on. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Show honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. We need to respect our spouses. We shouldn't be complaining about them, but we should be defending them and we should be loving them. And husbands, we need to be defending our wives and we need to be leading them. We need to honor each other. So as we wrap up today, I want to remind you of this very important thing. Look to the cross. When you do that, those things that are wonderful and pure and holy will begin to invade your thoughts. When you look to Jesus and you read his words, when you spend time in prayer with him, everything's going to change. Your body, soul, and spirit will begin to line up. And those gifts of joy and peace and love that you already have we'll begin begin to flow into your mind and invade your mind. You won't find yourself complaining, but you'll find yourself loving. You won't find yourself angry or upset, but you'll find yourself happy and smiling. Some of you are watching this today and you've never given your life over to Jesus. You've thought, I just need to, to get better first. I need to change these things in my lives." Maybe if I can give up this alcohol, maybe if I can give up the drugs, then, then I'll come and meet Jesus. I'll start going to church. And, and, and maybe you're saying, what I've done is, is too big and there's no way that God could love me because I've messed up. I've done some bad things. But I want to tell you right now that those are lies. You see, Jesus wants you and he wants you now. And there's no sin too big. Jesus defeated death. He came back from the grave. If he defeated that, don't you think that he can break your addiction? And if Jesus loves you so much that he died for you, that he gave up his life for you, don't you think that he doesn't see that sin, but he sees you? Today, I want to give you the opportunity to give your life to Jesus. If you're sitting in your home and you want to do that today, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes right where you are. And I want you to pray a prayer very similar to this. Dear Jesus, I love you and I believe in you. I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you gave up your life for my sin. And I believe that you came back to life three days later. And I'm sorry. Please come into my life. And I promise to live for you forever. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, I say this to the kids every week. If you said that prayer, you're a Christian. And I actually do want you to leave a comment down below and let us know. We want to know if you just made the most amazing decision of your life Because we want to be there to celebrate with you. And we want to talk to you. And we want to invite you into our family and get to know you a little bit better. You guys, I'm so glad that I got to share this message with you this week. Because I am thankful for everything God has done. I'm thankful for all of you. I'm thankful for the people that he's put in this world. I love you guys. And we'll see you guys next week.